0: Welcome to episode 16 of Dear Nina, Conversations About Friendship. I'm so happy you're here. We've had a lot of conversations so far about friendship, and usually they're with other people. Sometimes I've done my own episodes. Today is one of those where I am doing a solo show. It will not be too long, so don't worry. I won't be droning on for ever and ever. The topic I'm covering today is one that's close to my heart because it comes up a lot in different questions. I'm calling the topic in crowds and out crowds. Now, when I get questions that deal with this topic, no one uses that actual language. That's me choosing a title because I think that's the overall sense that someone's trying to get to, but they don't call it that. It's just as a generality, that is the crux of the issue is that somebody is feeling like they're trying to get into a certain group and they are being kept out. So the letters will never say that. They'll never say in crowd. Instead, I'll get letters explaining how frustrated someone is that they're not being welcomed to a certain group. Or a lot of times it's coming from a parent in reference to a kid not being invited to, you know, events with a certain group or texts or other kinds of things that they are being left out of a certain group. Um, Or perhaps a kid has been part of a group but is now being left out, sort of going through like a mean girl situation or mean guys or mean girls and guys where they were part of a thing and now they're being you know, actively cut out of a thing. Like maybe a whole new text group was started without you or without your kid. I get a lot of different questions like this. I've covered several of them on my website over the years. I haven't exactly hit on it in the podcast yet. So I really wanted to talk about this idea of The in crowd, and if that's even what what is that? What does that mean that there's this crowd that you want to be part of, even if it doesn't want you? But yet, we still want it. Like, what is this about human nature that like we want this thing that either we can't get in or we were in and we want back, even if we didn't enjoy ourselves while we were in that crowd? So much seems to ride on like a particular group of people as if being part of like that one special group will be the key to all the friendship problems without recognizing that being included in such a group like can create new problems. Like maybe you are finally in because you know you as an adult talk to your friend and you got your friend to get her kid to let your kid in and it's like, but do they really like your kid? Is this just like a pity thing? For some parents I have found, they don't really care. They just want their kid in. I don't I think it's a short-term solution to a, a longer term issue, which is wanting friendship to feel reciprocal, you know, mutual, which is really the same word. And not so hard, not so much work. Doesn't mean there won't be issues sometimes, but just being part of that one group, which I'm saying you can't see me, of course, but I'm saying it in quotes. If I were writing this down, I would write it in quotes. That one group doesn't always bring all the rewards that you think it will. Here's an example. My best friend Taryn and I once answered a question on the website on the you know, I did a written column for about seven years. And I will link this exact question and answer in the show notes. But just to summarize, the letter came from a mom who was upset that her kid wasn't being included in some of like, the neighborhood hangouts. And the mom wanted to know if she should confront her own friend, who is the parent of one of these other kids. And she and the mom, the two moms had kind of like an on again, off again friendship. So they had their own issues. Adding to the issue was the fact that the letter writer's kid was being excluded from the neighborhood group. And Taryn and I gave the advice that we thought this mom, instead of focusing on trying to get her kid included, should focus on helping her kid find different friends altogether to just forget this group, forget it. It doesn't matter If it's like unfair that her kid's being discluded, it doesn't matter. Is discluded even a word? I have to like actually look that up because I feel like I've used it before and I'm not even sure. But if her kid is being not included, maybe it's not fair. Maybe these other kids aren't being nice and they need to be taught a lesson. That could all be true. And it would still be better for your kid to find a different group of friends because you cannot force inclusivity and you really can't force chemistry. So, even though a lot of things can be true at once, these kids could be acting like jerks. There could be no like really good reason that her kids not being included, but there could be a reason actually. I mean, sometimes, sometimes your kids like not enjoyable to have around. I hate to say that, but we've all seen it. Like, we've all seen a situation where somebody, you know, is always really negative or there's some reason why they're not enjoyable to have around. And if your kids, coming up against this wall and constantly not getting invited to stuff doesn't mean the kid needs to change. And we said this, Taryn and I said this in the column, it's not that the kid needs to change. They might, there may be some behaviors that that the kid needs to improve on, but it may just be that they don't have good chemistry with this particular group. And instead of trying to force this group to let your kid in, I would help the kid find a better fit. A, another kid or two who probably there are kids out there who probably would really love the attention of your child and this all goes for grown-ups too um i get letters all the time from grown-ups who trying to get into a group feel like they're not really included they're not really wanted and sometimes when you have that feeling it is coming from somewhere it isn't the worst thing to say you know maybe this isn't the right group for me doesn't mean anything's wrong with you doesn't mean anything's wrong with the group necessarily it's just not a fit. Good friendship feels reciprocal. It feels mutual. It does not feel forced. It always feels a little forced at first when you're first meeting people. I talked about this a little bit with Allie Wensky in episode 15 about just the awkwardness of small talk and what you're doing with your body language to make it clear that you're open for friendship. I mean, it's not easy all the hours that it goes into making good friends, but if you've put in all those hours, you've gotten beyond the small talk and it still feels really forced it's probably not the right thing. But I feel like I've jumped away from the in-crowd issue. I want to stay focused on that because I think the underlying issue that comes through in these questions about the kid being left out, the adult being left out, all these things is this idea that this one group is the group you have to be part of. If we could just let go of that, there's probably all these other friendship potentials out there. So when Taryn and I gave the advice to that question that we think She and I agreed. While sure, this mom could talk to her mom friend, this on-again, off-again friend and the mom friend to get Her kid to include the letter writer's kid, it wouldn't necessarily be the right and best outcome for this kid who maybe is like barking up the wrong tree. We got a comment back, not from the letter writer. I don't think. I guess I don't know for sure, but somebody wrote a comment in saying that that was terrible advice, and we were encouraging the mom to be a doormat and the kid to be a doormat. I guess I just I obviously disagree with that because I wrote it. I don't think it makes sense to force a group of kids to let your kid in why is this kid so focused on this group? Now, in this particular situation, obviously in a neighborhood, there's a convenience factor, especially during COVID. I totally appreciate that. If you're willing to drive your kid one neighborhood over, there's a different neighborhood to hang out with. There's a whole bunch of different kids. This overemphasis on this one group has to let my kid in or they're horrible people or something's wrong with my kid is just too much focus on in crowd, out crowd. Like, Who decided that this one group is the group to be part of. It's only true because we say it's true. And I've definitely been there myself at times growing up or as a parent. I've been frustrated to see my kids left out. I've had parents, I'm sure, annoyed at me for not forcing my kids to be more inclusive at times. I, I've 100% been on both sides of it. I've i have I've talked about this before. I have overstepped in wanting my kids to be included. I am so embarrassed when I think about it. But, you know, we grow from that. That's how we learn. That's how our kids learn. And I think it all does stem from this idea that there's certain crowds that like we want to be a part of or we want our kids to be a part of, like certain people that matter. That's only true, like I'm saying, because we allow it to be true. It doesn't have to be true. One of the best commentaries on this comes from David Sedaris, who is one of my favorite writers. His social commentary is always like, spot on. And I've read every single book he's ever published, every essay. I mean, every essay he's published makes it into a book of essays, almost in every case, but I've read it all. This whole idea of in-group, out-group is really discussed really well in this one essay of his called Consider the Stars. That particular essay is in his collection, Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim from ages ago. It's It's one of the older ones. I'm going to read part of it to you because it is so good. It's just two paragraphs I'm going to read to you. I'm going to summarize the beginning. When it begins, David's talking about how his husband, Hugo, looks at the stars every night and they start talking about whether there's life on other planets. And David, in his typical way, wonders how meaningless being a celebrity on Earth would be if there were other beings on other planets. Because if those other beings on other planets don't know our celebrities on Earth, isn't being a celebrity kind of pointless then? Being a celebrity is all about recognition, and then there's people, whole beings, whole planets of people who don't recognize you. Then, like, are you actually a celebrity? So then David talks about Labor Day party at his country club when he was in sixth grade, twelve years old in 1968, and it's the perfect illustration of what I'm talking about here: how we sort of make up, like, who is the in crowd? Oh, it's only true because we let it be true. And he talks about how he was at the snack bar and he heard this girl named Janet talking about some other kids and how this girl Pam and this girl JJ weren't invited to the 4th of July party by the Duffy twins and how, gosh, that just meant that they were completely out of the picture as far as the school year was concerned. So I just want to read this one paragraph that follows. It's a longer essay. It's about some other things, but this one paragraph years ago, hold on, let me see when this was published. Turning the pages. 2004. four. It is stuck with me. 18 years. Did I do that math right? That's a long time. I have come back to this. I've used it in writing classes as writing prompts about times you were left out, times that you overly put emphasis on a certain group of friends. To review, he's talking about the stars in the sky, the celebrities. What do celebrities even mean if no one really knows who they are? He's talking about being at the country club and in sixth grade, he hears these people from another school district talking about these kids. And so he says, I didn't know any Pam Dobbins or J.J. Jackson, but the reverential tone of Janet's voice sent me into a state of mild shock. Call me naive, but it had simply never occurred to me that other schools might have their own celebrity circles. At the age of 12, I thought the group at E.C. Brooks was as if not nationally known, then at least its own private phenomenon. Why else would our lives revolve around it so completely? I myself was not a member of my school's popular crowd, but I recall thinking that whoever they were, Janet's popular crowd couldn't begin to compete with ours. But what if I was wrong? What if I'd wasted my entire life comparing myself with people who didn't really matter? Try as I might, I still can't wrap my brain around it. And I've read that to my kids before at different times. I love that so much. I'm going to read you those two lines, two of the lines again that I've underlined and starred a thousand times. I thought the group at EC Brooks was, if not nationally known, then at least its own private phenomenon. Why else would our lives revolve around it so completely? And then the final line What if I'd wasted my entire life comparing myself with people who didn't really matter? Try as I might, I still can't wrap my brain around it. It really just hits me because. I get these letters. I have felt it in my own life. My kid must be invited into this one particular group. I must be included in these particular girls' nights, girls' outings, like trips, things. Why this group? I've said to my kids before, I've read that to my kids before, I'd say, go ask your cousin if they've ever heard of this kid or that kid. No, because your cousin goes to a different school in a different city, doesn't know who this one particular kid is at camp that you feel like you have to be friends with. And your cousin doesn't know who this kid is in seventh grade, who you feel like you have to be friends with, just like you don't know who their friends are or their groups and their in crowds and out crowds. And I just, I agree with Sedaris that it's, it's a completely made up idea that only matters because we let it matter. Final advice on this whole concept, like if I were helping a kid try to navigate the social world of junior high, high school, and even an adult, I would say that I am in the unique position because of all the letters I've received over the seven years I've been doing this to know that there are so many people out there looking for friends, so many. And so to be overly focused on people who aren't being welcoming to you, don't let your life revolve around that particular group. And there's not even anything necessarily wrong with that group. There might be. They might be really awful people, but they might also just be really settled in the place they're in, not be looking for new friends, have a lot of other things on their plates. I mean, sometimes it is not a nice group of kids or adults, but sometimes they're fine. It's not that they're not. It's that they don't have space. And if they don't have emotional space or they're not making, they're not choosing to make emotional space for you or your kid, it is time to look elsewhere. (music) The Better Friendship Goal of the Week is to not overly focus on the people not including you and instead be, as Taryn always says, I love uh, when Taryn says this on episodes, be the cruise director. Be the one to plan. We've talked about this a lot in episodes, um, especially 14 and 13 also. Be the one to make the plan. When you make plans, you have plans instead of waiting to be invited. All of this is hard. I am not saying any of this is easy. It is, especially for our kids. It is all easier said than done. Better friendship goal of the week is to do it anyway. It's just to plan the one thing and to not have it be with the people who you are not feeling welcomed by. Be the person who is welcoming. And you will attract, hopefully, people like that, people you want in your life. Thank you for listening to episode 16. I hope you'll catch up on past episodes, listen to future episodes. Thanks to my producer, Dave DeLuger. If you have a chance to rate and review the show or tell a friend, I'd be really, really grateful. It's how the show grows. I hope to see you again in two weeks when our friendships are going well. We are happier all around.